episode number 11 for educational leadership on the go. Super fired up about episode number 11, and it's fitting that we are fired up here because we had Dr. Joe Sanfilippo, and he brought the heat and he brought the energy during this episode. Dr. Joe Sanfilippo is the current superintendent of the Fall Creek School District in Fall Creek, Wisconsin. Uh, Joe is also a uh, all over the nation doing keynote speeches and talking about how we change the narrative within our schools and we help build the culture to have the best schools possible. Uh, Dr. Ryan Looning, Dr. Jamie Wellborn, the Educational Leadership on the Go crew, uh, was so excited to sit down uh, with Joe Sanfilippo, and we were super, super grateful that he took the time uh, to spend some time with us and talk about education, but just talk about organizational um, health in general. Um, if you don't know uh, Dr. Joe Sanfilippo, you need to get in, uh, in the groove and see him in action. Uh, the first thing I'd tell you to do is get on Twitter and search hashtag one minute walk to work. And it's actually spelled out hashtag the number one, M-I-N-W-A-L-K, the number two, W-O-R-K. And uh, I would say you need to carve out about an hour to sit down and look at all of his great messages. Um, we talked to him about that right off the bat um, he's co-authored books, The Power of Branding, Telling Your School Story, Principal Professional Development, Leading Learning in the Digital Age, and one that he talks about at the end is probably his pride and joy, the hacking leadership. They felt like they really got 10 way, great ways for leaders to inspire learning um, that teachers, students, and parents love. Uh, Joe was selected as one of 117 future ready superintendents in the year 2014 and one of 50 superintendents as a personalized learning leader in 2016 by the U.S. Department of Education. He attended summits at the White House. He actually tells a funny story about that and how he branded even inside the White House. And Joe was named one of five K-12 administrators to watch in 2018 by the Education Dive. He was a featured speaker in multiple states and areas advancing the use of social media for school leaders, telling your story, creating a culture, and personalizing professional growth. Um, in my experience, I got a chance to see Joe talk back at MAESP in March of this year. And I'll tell you the best thing that educators want, it doesn't matter for teachers. It doesn't matter what teachers, principals, administrators, it doesn't matter where you're at. When you go and see something, you know what you want? You want something that you can walk out and put into use immediately. And I will tell you, I even said within this podcast, we did that within days. Joe did a great job during this podcast, and we just kind of guided him through. He has such a powerful message, and you'll hear just the passion in his voice. As always, we'd love for you to subscribe to Educational Leadership on the Go on iTunes. You can hit us up on Twitter. My name is uh, Dr. Dustin Bain at educate underscore Bain. Dr. Ryan Looning is at Dr. Looning VPHS, and Dr. Jamie Wellborn at Wellborn underscore Jamie. Reach out. Let us know what you think. Lead on the go at gmail.com. Lead on the go at gmail.com. Here we go with episode number 11 with special guest Joe Sandiflippo and changing the narrative within education. Welcome back into Educational Leadership on the Go. As we said, we're super excited to be joined today by Dr. Joe Sanfilippo, and he is from the Fall Creek, Wisconsin uh, School District Superintendent. 
uh, and Joe, we're super excited. Thank you for joining us today. Ah, thank you very much. I'm excited to be here and talk about uh, the great things we're doing in Fall Creek, Wisconsin. Go Crickets. That's right. That's right. Your signature Go Crickets, which we'll talk about. Uh, obviously, the things that you've done have uh, permeated uh, through many communities. I know you're always on the go. But before we get started into some more of what I call the formal stuff, I got to ask, when you're out and about and you're at these conferences, I know I saw you MASP in Missouri mm -hmm. back in March, and then you jump from there, you go to somewhere else. If you're out and about, do they recognize you more as the superintendent of the school, the keynote speaker, or the guy that does the one-minute walk for work videos? Which, which do you get more recognition <laughs> for? I don't, well, geez, I don't know. I'm probably a little bit of both. I don't know. The one minute walks, I'll tell you the one minute walks that were like just one of those things that just kind of happened and, and, and they've been fun to do. And I think they're just this little leadership minutes to think about how we do things just a little bit different. That's That's truly important. And, but at the same time, I think they're digestible because they're just a minute, minute and a half or whatever. And, um, I still think I get recognized more for being, uh, the superintendent in fall Creek, which is exactly what I want. Yeah. And we yeah. talk, you know, we talk about mission and vision a lot. And I think the biggest thing for, you know, people ask me like, you know, what, do you, what's your purpose? What are you moving forward with? And, and I just tell them that there are still people in the world that don't know about fall Creek. And that's not acceptable to me because the things that are happening here are unbelievable. And my, you know, my, my, my teachers, my staff, my, my students, all of the people in this building need to be celebrated for this incredible work so that's that's what we want to do yeah yeah and, that, and it's so funny if uh you know uh to throw that at you but honestly uh, i've passed that on to my own dad who's obviously not he's not even in the education realm but uh for our audience out there if you have some time uh if you go and search on twitter hashtag the number one m-i-n-w-a-l-k the number two work uh, they're great. They're leadership. They're like you said, in a box minute, minute and a half and gives you a challenge for the week. So, uh, usually the best stuff happens by accident. Right. So, uh, yeah, and, absolutely. I, and, and I love what you're saying. What a lot of the things you're already saying that mission and vision, uh, you're trying to create the best school district there is. And it's funny because we, we kind of have at my school, the same thing. We're going to be the best elementary school there is, you know, and, yeah. uh, we've used the hashtag <laughs> Merrimack made. And it's all about having pride, right? And uh, you guys have pride there in Fall Creek, and, and we're trying to duplicate the same thing. So uh, mm -hmm. we're going to kind of transition. One of the things we want to do is learn from you. We want our audience to learn from you about how you build that culture. How do you get to where you want to go and, and where you create that mission and vision? So uh, Jamie mm -hmm. wants to kind of kick us off here. Absolutely. So hi, Joe. Uh, the focus of your mm -hmm. keynote is change the narrative. Explain mm -hmm. to the audience uh, as to why we need to change the narrative in education. I think the most important thing is that, you know, not everybody knows about what's going on in school. And what ends up happening a lot is that when people don't know what you do, they make up what you do. And when they make up what you do, it's based on what happened to them 25 years ago when they didn't get a second chicken sandwich at lunch or they got put against the wall at recess or they didn't get a grade that they deserved or whatever. And all of a sudden, that becomes the narrative of who you are right now. And we have too many people telling stories about what happened to them 25 years ago like they happened yesterday. And that's not fair to our group that's just working their tail off every opportunity to, to change the life lives of kids and all of a sudden we get a chance they, they get a chance to, to people outside get a chance to tell us who we are without us telling people who we are and that's just unacceptable to the work that we're doing here 
Yeah, and to follow up on that, Joe, you know, you you have co-written a book, uh, Power of Branding, and uh, me going into a new school district. I'm really excited on July 1st to take over. Um, I wanted to keep following up with the, the, you know, telling your story. And talk to me a little bit how, about how you go about telling your story. I, you know, I follow you on Twitter and you know, have enjoyed so much and learned so much through that. But um, what have you done at Fall Creek that uh, explains your story to not only, I mean, you mentioned it, I want the world to know about Fall Creek. Right. Um, how do you do that? I think the, the first thing that you have to consider is that you never give up the opportunity to say something great about your school. And that comes back to, you know, when, when it's interesting that we have a, we have such a, an incredibly supportive board in, in Fall Creek. They are wonderful people. They support us, to, you know, all the time. They, they, they give us what we need at the same time. They, they make sure that we're going in the direction that, that we need to go. And they've been wonderful to work with. But one of the things that when it comes down to the board, you know, a lot of people have these board mission, vision, values, the whole thing. We've got three rules in Fall Creek. The board has three rules and that's it. And the first one is the answer is always we, right? The second one is that we always keep our dirty laundry in house. And the last one is we never give up the opportunity to say something great about our school. And if you call any one of my board members, they will tell you all three of those things. That's all we do. That's all we feel that, that, that you know, we want to come back to all the time is we're doing those three things and we're doing them really well. We can change the way that people talk about the work that's happening. Now, are there things that happen in Fall Creek, Wisconsin that aren't great? Absolutely. Absolutely. But when we make the narrative to get to the narrative to the point that the positives are driving these conversations, we find ourselves in a much different position. And we want, what we want to do is find a way to get into people's lives, you know, and tell great stories. And, in, in, um, you know, we talk about the power of moments a lot here where you know, Chip and Dan Heath wrote a book called The Power of Moments that really focuses on how people remember events. And so what ends up happening in events, people will remember two things about events. They'll remember the peak or pit of the event, and then they'll remember the end. And we can't always control the peak or pit, but we can control the end. So what are we doing in the first five minutes of school to make sure that kids feel loved and want to be there and valued? And what are we doing in the last five minutes of school to make sure the story that they tell at home is an accurate story of what's happening within the context of our school? Because kids will go home from school a lot and the parents will say, what'd you do at school today? And they'll say nothing. When it comes down to it, the thing that that we have to understand is that when, when parents ask that, the kids may not tell the parent what they did at school. Okay, but they will tell the parent what they saw at school. And there's a distinct difference in the two, because when they talk about what they did, then there's always a follow up question to what do you have to do now? What kind of homework do you have? And when they say what they saw, there's no follow up question to that because it's just what they saw, not what they did. So we want to put ourselves in position like you were talking about the one minute walk to work. Right. If you look at the one minute walk to work. There are four points within every one minute walk to work where there's Fall Creek stuff in the background. There's one when you on my car, uh, the, the license plate that says Go Cricket, you walk past my door. There's a sign that says Fall Creek. You walk past my fence. It says hashtag Go Crickets on it. And then right before I, we get out, there's a uh, another sign on the wall of the school that says Fall Creek on it. And then at the end, I always end with Go Crickets. So in a minute and a half, you get five Go Crickets blasts right in front of you where people start talking about you a little differently. So we just got to find ways to get into the world of people. And, you know, sometimes you got to be really creative about about doing that. You know, we put stickers on the on the. Um, 
uh, on the cars of, of local media stations and then take <laughs> pictures and tweet them out and say, thanks for coming out today. You know, we'll do little videos where we'll make sure that we have the backdrop with us. We'll give away a lot of stuff. You know, I got a chance to go to the White House. I brought the Wi-Fi a hotspot that said go crickets on it. So when you look at the Wi-Fi at the White House, as White House administration, White House secure, go crickets. Little things like this really start the conversation about, you know, being in people's mind all the time. That's outstanding. Thank yeah, you, Joe. Yeah, and uh, you know what's interesting? You made me think of something. It's kind of off that, not to, particularly to that, but I always talk to people about interviewing, and everybody mm-hmm. worries about what you can't control, and it isn't really about being intentional with what you can control. And you said the beginning and the end. I always talk about people when they, they want to ask me tips on interviewing. I go, what preparation did you do? And and they kind of look at you, and it's like, well, I don't have any control. No, actually, you have control about your introduction Absolutely. and your closing. The first thing, the first impression you make, and the last impression you make, you have total control over that. Um, and yeah. it kind of speaks to what you just said. You have control over way more than you really realize. Um, oh, and you have to do and what you have to do things that are that set you apart in that spot, too. I remember I didn't get a job once because I felt like I, I was too prepared because I walked into. So the, when I was going into the interview and I knew that I was going to this school, I found the the uh, roster of all the teachers, you know, and I had yeah, the, I had somebody yeah, send yeah. me the roster of all the teachers. So I memorized the names <laughs> and the faces of all these people. And when I walked in, I introduced myself and said, Hey Jim, how you doing? Good to see you, Tony. It's great. Yeah. I, I really saw, I saw what you were doing with the second grade class. Really cool stuff. All of this stuff. And I went bang, bang, bang around nine people. And people are like, well, you must've known all the answers and everything before you even got in there. So that, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that is one of those things where I want to be over-prepared every time I'll be, I'll, you know, we'll take over-preparation all the time. Well, and yeah, and I actually have a quote on my desk. It talks, you know, to a sense of you're confident when you are prepared. The preparation and the, sure. that prep work you go breeds confidence, right? So yeah, actually, and, and a lot of what you're talking about kind of leads us into the body of this. And and in your keynote and change the narrative, I feel like, and even at your website uh, that people can go visit, you talk about three things, being intentional, opening doors, and building people. And a lot of what you just talked about, whether it's, you know, hitting the hot spot in the White House. You had to think about that probably before you went in there. Or, well, I'm going to do this video, and here's the things. And I know when I saw you, you talked about being the custodian for the day, and you actually stopped yeah. and talked to the, the crowd about intentionally what were the things you saw uh, that I did there. Um, and, and one mm-hmm. of the quotes you said is, every interaction matters because every interaction could be the one they talk about forever. And you talked about that earlier. What are what are some things that, you, that when I talk about being intentional, and I know you've talked about some, what are, what are things that you feel like come to your mind when we say that? Well, I think that's at the heart of everything that we do. You know, when you look at hacking leadership in general, Tony and I put this book together in 10 different things that we were thinking that principals were struggling with across the country and how we could fix those. But there's a reason that being present and engaged is the first hack in that book. And that is because if you're not present and engaged in the moment with people, then you're never going to get to any of the other stuff. I had a professor. I had a professor in college uh, in my my doctoral program. Her name is Nancy Blair, and she said to us, "The greatest gift of service you can give to another human being is for the time that you're with them. They are the center of your universe, and you have to be really intentional about that because a lot of us get into this job and we're Type A personalities that want to fix stuff and fix stuff and fix stuff and fix stuff. And so when people are talking to us about what we're what you know what their issues are or what's going on, we're already fixing it before we listen to everything." that they have to say. And in, and in that moment,
moment, we're missing out on a tremendous opportunity to really dive into where people are at, you know, from that perspective. So being intentional for us means taking every opportunity to know and understand where you're at and, and what you're looking for. You know, we, there's a lot of great things that happen in schools, but if you're not intentional about seeing those things and you just walk through the hallways like it's just another day, you miss out on a tremendous amount like people tell me all the time you know it's the thought that counts it's, it's not the thought that counts it's the, you know it's the action on the thought that counts it's always the action on the thought that counts so what are you doing to make sure that people know and understand what's happening in your space and and that means like you know we'll i'll, I'll try to start my day with two positive notes to people and the reason that i do that is that it intentionally puts me in a different perspective when i walk down the hallways because i'm going to deliver these two notes to people but then i'm also looking for positive Positive things happening so I can go ahead and, and write those notes the next day. And, you know, that's the intentionality of it. You know, you know, when you go out to when you, um, you know, meeting people at the door to start their day, you know, th- you know, connecting with people throughout the course of the day, being intentional about knowing when you can and can't go into a room in terms of having conversations with people. It really comes down to what are you making sure that you're doing to build a culture where, you know, that intentionality takes takes shape. And for us, it was trying to build a culture of storytelling. And that kind of gets into the opening doors part of it. But we wanted to make sure that people knew and understood what we were doing and that's not about thinking about it that's actually doing the work right you know we can make all the plans you know i will say i used something i think i saw you on like a monday by wednesday i was at our fourth grade performance and we had a big bond issue on the ballot and i said i'm not going to go and this is where i'm learning to be intentional is i said i'm not going to go out there and tell them why or tell them what they need to do and what they need to vote on i'm going to tell them why and i went out and i I wrote down before i went out there four things that i wanted to brag about our kids at school and you know it was funny you said something about the sandwich thing earlier i literally had a dad come up and talk to me and say oh that was really cool and we started talking he started asking things about the bond issue and you know what he went to he goes he he was still holding on no joke he's like i'll tell you what two years ago they made my daughter eat a cheese sandwich when she ran out of money and that's just and he could not get past that point you know he had held on to that until we gave him something different to think about, right. you know, I mean, and right. that's a huge part of your message, but I could not, you know, it, it just smacks you right in the face. You hear something Monday, you implement it Wednesday and you're like, oh, well, I need to be more intentional about what I'm doing. Um, right. Like, so the thing that we have to consider, like I, I go and talk to all these groups and have a conversation about what we're doing. And I'm the, the thing that the thing is, that's really interesting about this is Fall Creek is a fantastic place. People, I, I love it. I, I don't want to move out of this place. I love being here every day. But the great things that are happening in Fall Creek, Wisconsin, are happening in literally every yeah, single yeah, school yeah, in yeah, America. Yeah. And that and that's not. That's like, you know, I, we, I show a bunch of images when, when I do my, my keynote and those images, you, you want to use slap on a different, you know, color header and it's going to be a different school. Those are the things that are happening, but those aren't the stories that get told. So if we're not intentional about telling the story, then all of a sudden we will lay victim to everybody's. So, so, and here's the problem. I'll tell you the problem with the intentionality piece of it is I'm getting a little cranked up here, but here's the thing that happens is right. Is that we, and I, I, the, the fact that we, as a as a profession as a profession we stopped being proud of all this work that we do 
and we started defending all of this work that we do. And so when you're defending, when you're, when you're proud of the work, you're, you're saying it with a pride because you know you're going to get some positive stuff coming back at you. When you're defending the work, you're always defending and, and you get a negative, you know that there's something negative coming back at you so you can defend it again and defend it again and defend it again. And then at some point, if you're always defending the work to the same person, you start avoiding conversations with that person because you're sick of defending the work right. to that person. And then that person, then that person gets, you know, gets to, they, they win because we're not talking about right. the great things. You know, we have too many people that like the, the intentionality of the words that we use, we have people going, I'm just a teacher. I'm just a custodian. I'm just a paraprofessional. I'm just yeah, a this, yeah, I'm just, yeah. just, 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 mm-hmm. just. And when you use that word, then all that you devalue all of the work that you do. And then not only do you devalue the work that you do, you devalue the work to the person that you're talking to. So why would they change the way that they're talking about what we do if we're not going to change the way that we're talking about what we do? So they just go out and talk about, well, they think they're just, oh, and the other thing is sometimes sometimes people in our buildings will say that. They'll say they're just, they're just, they're only in hopes that the person that they're talking to will yeah. say, no, mm-hmm. you're a great teacher. Yeah, you have yeah. a tremendous impact. <laughs> well, guess what? When that doesn't happen, when they don't get that positive feedback to come back, they start to believe that they're just. Right. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, there we are. And yeah. so we had to be really intentional about the language that we use, because the only way that we change the way that people talk about the work that we do is when we change the way that we talk about the work that we do. And Joe, you kind of just answered what I was curious about, because I was at model schools last year and I uh, really enjoyed myself and listened to some great speakers. And one of the things I noticed from Tyrone Howard, Eric Scheniger, Wes Kiesnick, Tom, Tom Murray, guys I know you, you have run in circles with. And what, what I one of the big takeaways I took away was that Education is not broken. There are so many great things going on in this world. So it's not even just talking about our individual schools. It's talking about the great work that's happening in in all schools across the United States. And I just wonder, as you visit all you know all these different schools across the United States, you deliver your message, you talk to them. What are the things you're seeing? I mean, are you seeing great things happening all over the place? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, model schools has been a phenomenal opportunity for us. That's a lot. That's actually where a lot of this stuff started because we, we got named an innovative district by model schools in 2016 and 2017. So we got a chance to go present that in Orlando and in, uh, uh, somewhere else. I don't even remember. So, or, so we were in Orlando, <laughs> yeah. Nashville, Nashville. So we were in Orlando and we brought a team of people there with us to go present. And, you know, and because of the stories that we tell and because of the opportunities that we had, you know, that, that people know and you know, understand the work that we're doing, our people are walking through the hallways of this conference where there's 5,000 people at it and they got their fall Creek stuff on. And as they're walking through this conference, they start to hear behind them. That's the fall Creek team. That's the Go Crickets team. That's the Fall Creek team. And they show up to their room and the thing's full. Mm-hmm. And then people want to take pictures with them and ask them questions about their work. And that created a tremendous amount of buzz because guess what those six teachers did? They got on their phone and they started texting people back home and say, holy crap. Oh, I'm sorry. Holy cow. We're famous. We're famous. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I think that once they say that, you know, they, and all of a sudden they start they're feeling like they're rock stars, they're going to start performing like that. Well, and yeah. I think that that was a big deal for us. Yeah. You know, and I remember you telling that story at MASP about mm-hmm. that. And I'll tell you, I'll be honest, Joe, I've had a couple of those moments that made me think of that because you actually, and I'm going to kind of go further for our audience. You talked about how didn't they text you a picture? You were like overseas sitting on a beach yeah. and like yeah. your daughter, your wife was saying something to you and you're about in tears <laughs> because of like what that meant to you. Right. And then, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's, that's the moment at leaders 
when you have to sit there and it does bring a tear to your eye. And, you know, I think about those random text messages you get from staff members um, because you've built them up and they feel like we can we can accomplish anything. It doesn't matter if we're from Fall Creek or the biggest city in the world or wherever we're from. We're we're here to make a difference. So, uh, yeah, I know Um, that that's that's close to you. That was a, that was a huge day for me, and I think that the so cause somebody asked me last year, like one of my one of my staff members asked, like, like, so what's your vision for us moving forward? And I said, I gotta tell you, it's never, it's not my vision, it's never my my vision, it's never been my vision. I'm just here to help out in any way that I can. But here's my hope. I'll tell you what my hope for you is. My hope for you is that you feel the way that I feel when I talk about you. That's what I want for you. I want you to feel the way that I feel when I talk about you. Cause when I talk about you, I can't, I couldn't be more proud. And when I, I got that text from the people with this full room and yeah. they're there presenting yeah. and I'm on a, I'm on a beach and, and, my, and I'm looking out in the water and my wife looks at me and she goes, it's beautiful, isn't it? And I'm like, I didn't, <laughs> yes, have, the heart, I didn't have the heart to tell her that I wasn't smiling at the beach, man. I'm just sitting there going, my, my man, our people are killing it, man. They're yeah. killing it. They got a, they had a full room at a conference in Orlando and they're just killing it. I couldn't, I couldn't be more proud of them. Yeah. And the thing is they're building all this stuff. So like the stuff that they built now, people want to know about, they got people from all over the country calling and asking about our passion projects. That was a, that was a process built by six teachers that they wanted something new for our school and they did it. They built it and it's just, it's taken off all over the place and people are doing it and the state wanted to come and look at the work that they were doing. I mean, come on. Yeah. Now we've got something that they can brag on. They can talk to people all over the country about. Yeah, and we, and we were just talking. Uh, Dr. Looning and I did a uh, podcast uh, recording with our superintendent here, and we just talked about he. It's from Steve Farber's works. Talks about GTY greater than yourself, and and, mm-hmm. and that's really what you're creating, right? Is you've got to create that capacity, um, be right. intentional about building leadership within your organization, so that you don't, like you said, it's not my vision. It's our. It's my hope. It's it's us together. Um, and intentional through there. So the next piece to that is the opening doors piece. Um, Mm -hmm. And so this is probably, you know, selfishly, the one thing that I walked away uh, from the conference really uh, motivated by. And and when I looked at your website, you had that find your audience, build your brand, celebrate kids. Um, I think that's one thing that schools struggle with, and we've touched on it, you know, throughout this podcast. But the one thing that I kind of went back and I talked to my assistant principal, and I think he had seen you maybe a year before at Leadership Academy, is one thing we realize is we have all the things in place, we have all the tools, we have everything there. We're just not using them. So when right. when you say open doors, what does that kind of think? Uh, what it comes to mind for you? The opening opening doors for us really means that that. Makes makes us feel like more intentional about being transparent about the work that we do. So opening door. A lot of times, what ends up happening in schools is that we, what we have to understand about schools is that the people who work in schools had a relatively good experience in school as a kid. I mean, why would you choose to work in a place that you didn't have a good experience with, you know, in the past? So you have a lot of people in the building that had a relatively good experience when they were in school and they wanted to come back. That's not the case for everybody in our organization, in our communities. You know, a lot of times the people, you have to understand that people didn't have a great school experience. And all of a sudden, so they reflect on what happened to them years ago in terms of, uh, of what school looked like for them. So opening the doors is really trying to be transparent with what's happening inside the building so other people know and understand what you're doing like 80 percent of the voting public don't have kids in school so if 80 80 percent of the voting public don't have kids in school then 80 percent of the people in your community are really reflecting on what happened to them 
as as what's ha- you know in the, in the same vein as what's happening now. They think what's happened to them 25 years ago is happening right now because they don't get a chance to see and hear from everybody all the time. And it's it's not just your parents. Right. Because when it comes down to it, parents believe that their school is great. They a lot of parents, a lot, a far majority of parents believe their school is great. But that now we're talking about 20 percent, 20 percent of the people in the community. So we got to get to the place where if we open the doors and tell people what's happening in our space, we can allow people to, to stop thinking about schools as something they pay for and start thinking about schools as something that they invest in. And there's a distinct difference in that because if they know that they're with it, if they know that they own it, if they know that they're part of it, then they're much willing, much more willing to talk about it. Right. Absolutely. So, Joe, I wish you could have seen our faces as you have been telling your story, uh, like you're modeling this perfectly for us. But the smiles around this table, if you could have seen what you were doing and kind of stirring up in us. So are you hiring? Are, are you hiring? <laughs> <laughs> not at this point. Not at this point. Everybody, loves, everybody loves Fall Creek until December. And then I'm like, yeah, you know what? When there's snow up to the roof. Our kids were jumping off the roof this yeah. year into a snowbank because yeah. it was right there. So, yeah. yeah. But thank you. I appreciate that we got a great group of people so so you've kind of inspired this thought in my mind that I would like to come up and see this school and so Mm -hmm. I think about taking that into my setting in the university right like what can I go up there and see that I could possibly bring back to to my role I'm a program director at St. Louis University so I I have some similar uh, type roles that that you might have and so I think about that and so I'm if I come up I'm going to pull all these things that I that I see but right. I'm smart enough to know that it's not just about those right things that you have in place. There's, there's other things that are going on there that really make it, it work. So for our listeners out there, what advice do you have for leaders if you get all of those right things in place? How do you manage those to open doors for people? Well, I think the first thing is that it's got to be the it's got to be owned by the people that are inside the building. You can't like you have to understand that everybody everybody's A to B is different when it comes to these things. And you nobody will move to B if you don't value their A. And we can talk about that when it comes to building people. But it also equates to um, to opening the doors. Like some people are really, really comfortable using social media to tell stories online. Some people are not. But it's not about social media. It's about the story. So how can you get the story out to people so they know and understand what that looks like so people can tell the, help, you, help you tell a story? Or doing little things like from a, a logistical standpoint, like if you're going to do a podcast with a group of kids – you know, instead of just going out and sending the podcast out to everybody, uh, you know, just put it on your social media channels. What if you went back to your office and called the called the parents of the kids yeah. in that podcast and then just tell them, hey, I'm going to put this out on our social feed in the next 15 minutes. So just wanted to let you know. Well, the parents are sitting there going refresh, 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 right? Because they want to be, you know, they want to be the first person to share it because their sister's kids get all the attention in the family and they want to be out there bragging about their own kids, right? So yeah. we get all that work out there and, and now we've got other people, you know, really building momentum for what that story looks like. You know, it, people will tell me all the time, we want to come to Fall Creek and look at what's going on. And this, It's not going to be any different than the work that's happening in your space because all of that great culture building stuff is really built in hallways, classrooms, lounges, parking lots when it comes to adult interactions. Do you want to know what the culture of a school is? Walk down the hallway. Take a look at the adults. How do the adults interact with each other? 
That's what your culture, your school is. So we build this. It's it's very subtle. At the same, I mean, on the other side, if you want to talk about the branding piece, there's not a place around this in the building where you're not going to find, you know, go cricket stuff everywhere, or you're going to see screens with us celebrating the work and just like scrolling through or whatever. But you'll see that stuff. But all of the all of the great work is the is the, are the things that are happening with every conversation. And when you have people that are willing to to really kind of own that conversation with each other, you find yourself in a place where where, where they're really willing to celebrate it and open the doors so people know and understand what's happening in your space. Yeah, and that kind of leads me to Joe. This is Ryan again. I'm going to you know kind of pretend that I am representing uh, people who are going into audience members who are going into a new leadership position like I am this uh, this summer. Right. And uh, I'm going to ask for for them, but really for myself. You know, if you were you know going into a building and it was you know your first time there, your your what are the two or three things that you think are most important as you walk into a, a new position? And uh, you know, when you're really trying to build that culture or build that brand, what are your what are your kind of two or three biggest priorities you would have yes the first one is listen okay and then the second one is listen mm-hmm. and then when you run around the third one that's <laughs> going to be listen yeah and then i'm thinking that if you want a fourth one it's going to be listen so those would be the four that i would tell you right away because we get into these spots and as 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 leaders like i said before we want to fix stuff right away we're going to put our stamp on this it's going to be great and whatever and the next thing you know, you've just, you know, you know, kind of put off to the side all the great work that was happening prior. So, you know, go slow to go fast. But the most the most important thing is just to listen to start off with. And so one of the things that's really important about that is when you're when you're doing when you're listening, you're much more willing to see what's going on around you. Right. So we talk about um, the the impact of when you walk through hallways, the three things that we do often to try to make sure that the the conversation continues is we always try to recognize the great work that's happening, right? So you recognize it first. So you're in the right mindset to recognize what that work looks like. The second thing is you acknowledge the great work to the person that's doing the great work. So you've recognized it, you acknowledge it. And then the third thing is you extend that conversation to somebody who wasn't there. So you go tell somebody else, about what that great work looks like. So now you've recognized it on your own because you put yourself in the right mindset. You've acknowledged it to that person that's doing great work. And then you take that great work and you extend the conversation to one person who wasn't there so they know and understand that great work is happening somewhere else. Oh, and, and then it's just repeated happen, over and over again. Man. Yeah, yeah. And then you just keep going over huh. and over again. And then you and that changes the conversation. Because now you're not it's not like you're out there building everybody up and giving high fives all the time, which you do need to do. But you're 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 telling other people about the great work that's happening in the building, so they so they're recognized for it. You or know? you can be on a we, beach you know, uh, somewhere, watching, <laughs> hanging out that's as they're right. doing all the great that's work. Exactly right. <laughs> that's what we want, right? Absolutely. If I'm gone. Yeah. They just want to keep things going here. That's awesome. Well, I think, and just to kind of before we move on to the last one, you know, a couple of things that you said that really stood out to me. You talked about, you know, and and I had to quote down here later is just with the way the community looks at it. And we went through the bond issue process, and it still stings. We missed our bond issue by about two hundred and twelve votes. But what was oh. interesting is we got a thousand more votes than we actually thought we could get. And okay. when you looked at the data, what was really interesting is. The vote yes was from all the neighborhoods where there's kids. 
It was clear. You know, we won, actually, we had 54 point something percent. We had to get to 57. Um, And and, and so we won the vote. We just didn't win the vote, you know. So we didn't get the right percentage. But what was so wildly interesting is that we absolutely motivated voters with kids in schools, which is a great sign, right? Like, they love what we're doing. But who we didn't motivate to get out were the people like you just referenced, the people without kids in the school. And it was so clear from the neighborhoods that when we broke that down, they don't know what's going on in our schools. And and, and, then I say that, you know, some are grandparents, but how do you open those doors? Because those aren't the people on Facebook. They're not the, you got to figure out a way to bring them in. And I think that's a great challenge, but it's so true. And sometimes it takes you going through a negative consequence to make sure you understand that. Um, and yeah, well, here's the thing that's important about that is that, you know, they're, they're there, they're on those social channels. They're just not connected to you because they don't yeah. have the kids there. And, and we, we want to like really ingratiate ourselves with the, with the community by doing some things that are going to connect that you don't honor tradition by keeping things the same. You honor tradition by giving those who came before you something to cheer about now. So how are you making sure that you can still connect what they did and connecting your alumni and connecting people in the community that maybe at one time were part of uh, of this work and and now they're not, but how do you make sure that they're still, they're still, you know, having conversations Absolutely. about it? I was thinking about like, I'm taking a look at it right now while I got it right here. We have on our, uh, where's Fall Creek? Okay. So on our Facebook page, you know, we've, we've got like, like almost 3000 likes on our Facebook page. We have 800 kids in our district, right? right. So we have 900, 950 yeah. families in our district. Clearly other people that are not connected to our, our parents are, that are not our parents are on that, you know, on yep, that platform. Yep. 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 So See what you're doing. If yeah. you think about right. So the, if, if we're trying to figure out how we can talk to them through that medium, they still get pride with it. And then they start commenting. I remember when my kids did this, mm-hmm. and my kids, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, the senior walk is a great thing for yeah. that because all yeah. of a sudden yeah. Yeah. they talk about what happened when there's, I wish we would have done this when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, that stuff right. is important. Right. And, and the opening doors that I, I'm telling you, and, and mm-hmm. I, when I originally reached out to you, told you about the influence it had that to the pack that, you know, we came back. I took two videos. I took a celebration video at one of our staff meetings. We picked three staff members. They came up to the video. We did a live stream on that, and they, they bragged mm-hmm. about three kids. And then we did a live stream of a girl. Um, she actually got her hair cut off for a charity. Both of those videos got over 1,000 views each. And that's what you're saying. You know, my school has 600 kids. But, you know, yeah. that's, that's people outside of our realm knowing what's going on at Merrimack. And as soon as they see that, they feel good. Right. And then right, trying to right. duplicate that and multiply that uh, on a larger scale. So uh, absolutely. The opening doors, I think you could probably go on for a, a while on that. Um, the next one, the last one here is just building up people. And I, and I heard you talk also about this and just, you know, relationships is great. Right. We can talk about relationships, talk about relationships, but in being intentional and then feedback into that. How does that look from your point of view? So the the biggest thing about the building people component of what we do is that, like I mentioned before, everybody's A to B is different. And you have to make sure that pe- that you value people's A if you ever want them to move to B. And so we have, when it comes to that part, you know, from a leadership perspective, I think, I think, um, I think all organizations are built into five different groups, right? 
And I, and, a, and a lot of people share that thought, like Schlechty calls them the, you know, pioneers, our trailblazers, pioneers, standby stay at homes. Everett Rogers is early adopters, early innovators, early yeah. adopters. Early, it's, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's five, it's five groups. Right. And so I'm, and I'm not that smart. So I just call them one, two, three, four, and five. So, so when it comes down to, it, it's like your, your ones, you tell the ones to, that you need them to yeah. run through the wall. Mm-hmm. They're just going to run yeah. because you told them how yeah. to do it. Sec, second group is going to be like, yeah, you know, uh, sounds like a pretty cool thing out there. So I'm going to wait till the ones are almost through uh-huh. and then I'm going to push them through and then I'm going to be on the other side. So people think I was one of the first people over here. And the third group is like, you know what? I'm sure that there's really good stuff on the other side of that wall, but I really love teaching dinosaurs over here. So I'm going to just stay here for a little bit. And when everything is perfect and there's a hole in that wall and it's all swept up and trimmed out, I'll bring, I'll go over, but I want to bring some of my stuff with me. And then they go to the other side of the wall. And the fourth group is like, I don't want to go. You can't make me go. I'm going to walk over to this wall as slowly as I possibly can, because my hope is by the time I get to the wall, there's going to be a change in leadership. And then there's going to be another wall that I can walk to very slowly. And then the fifth group says, I don't want to go. You can't make me go. Not only am I not going to go, but I'm going to take every brick in the school district. That I'm going to put against the wall before the first group starts running through it because I want them to get hurt. Here's the thing about the fives. They didn't wake up and say, I want to be a five today. Something happened to them along the way where they de- where their work was de- devalued and when the work was devalued now they don't have the op- now they don't feel like they're invested in what that work really looks like so have understanding that everybody's a to b is different means actually truly valuing where that a is and then helping them move to b in some capacity even if their that progress isn't exactly what you were looking for i mean you know, forward is forward yeah, or remember yes. when they go a to b when they get to b that's their new normal and then they do it again and if we just try to get better every day, then we figure out different then, – then we have some ownership of what that process looks like. Right, and it kind of reminds me in a way, and I don't know if you use that, the slide in this part of your uh, keynote, but you have that – you know, the A to B could be a straight line, right? But we know yeah, usually yep. it's that big squiggly mess of getting from right. A to B. And some for those ones, it can be a straight line. You want to do this? Yeah, I'll do it today, you know, and then the right. other ones. Uh, I saw that little, uh, you had a side session on that. That was, uh, I even took a picture of that one to five because it made me think immediately breaking down your own staff within your own building. Right. Yeah, so, and, and, you know, and building them up on the other side. Like, what do they need? Like, here's the thing about that, that set, though, that one, two, three, four, and five. We spend so much time thinking about ones and fives. You know, we either put all the ones on the committee so it yeah, goes through yeah. really quick, or we say, you know what, we can't do that because the five is not going to go for that, and we're not going to move forward because the five is going to make a huge case about what's going on. The thing that we have to understand about ones and fives is they don't have nearly as much opinion leadership as you think. Just because they're the loudest or the fastest doesn't mean that they have the most traction. So twos, threes, and fours, what we found in the research was that people will, move, will listen to those below them and above them one level, but only one level. Ones and fives aren't hanging out in lounges. Yeah. They understand that they just they can't stand being around each other because they don't, they don't operate the same way. Staying on the topic of building people. So I had the privilege of uh, landing my very first teaching position where I was probably with the best principal in the world, and I was trying to figure out what was so special about that school? Those teachers would do anything. And, and uh, we had high mobility, high uh, free and reduced lunch, right? So research told us that we were really supposed to fail. But it was something I knew that that principal was doing um, that, was, that was giving us the outcomes that we were able to get. And so when you think about building people, and you, I want you to talk to the people who are getting ready to take their first administrative uh, position, What's the number one thing 
that you would say to focus on to build the teachers in your school? Besides listen. Besides listen. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, of course, of course. Well, so first I would say listen. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. The, I think that the, the, best, the best thing to do is that, you know, visibility breeds credibility, and you can like that or not like that. It's just the way that it is. You know, I think that when you're visible from a physical standpoint and you're visible, visible from a virtual standpoint, people automatically uh, believe that you're, you're invested in that spot. And you don't – and that might not mean that you are, but at least it gives you the opportunity to – when I got here, you know, I was having a conversation in my interview, actually, where and the, and the board asked, I asked the board, like, what's your expectation of me in my first year? And the board, one of the board members said, we've got a lot of really great things happening here, but nobody knows about them. Mm. And I said, well, I'll tell you, I'm not the smartest or I'm the smartest <laughs> superintendent you're going to hire, but I am the loudest person on earth. So if if there are great things happening here, I can promise you that people are going to know about them. And I think that, you know, in the first year, at the end of the first year, I, I, I could I brought in, um, you know, for my evaluation with my uh, with my with the board, I brought it. I just brought in my phone, and you know, because I ran the Twitter account, I could give them, you know, 420 pieces of evidence of where I had been throughout the course of the last 180 days, and so visibility was off the table, you know, because it was, you know, if people don't think I was visible, well, they could just say, well, you know, <laughs> take a look at the Twitter feed and, yeah. you know, you can see exactly what's happening in that space. And I think that's, imp- that's important. So that's, uh, I would say that the visibility is, is important. Um, and making authentic connections with, with people is really important. You know, we, we've tried to veer away from the, you know, the big, um, you know, all staff, whatever. So like, you know, if the teacher appreciation week is less about everybody getting a charger mm-hmm. and more about making sure that we, you know, make sure that they get what they want and what they value. And, you know, so we we'll, we just ask them, you know, what do you, what would you, if you could have any drink at school that you, <laughs> that you want, what, what would you have? And so we went out and bought all those drinks or, you know, sometimes they're from a restaurant, you know, 15, 20 miles away, but you know what, that's going to make an impact on people. If you go grab it and bring it in and just bring it into that teacher's classroom halfway through the day when they didn't expect that, or if you could eat anywhere in the area where so go buy gift cards for us. And then we write, uh, you know, instead of, uh, in, instead of just giving a, a, a canned email to everybody, every staff member gets a um, gets a personal note from all the administrators saying, you know, this is what we really, you know, love about the work that you're doing. This is what we saw in the work that you're doing. And does it take us a long time? Yeah, it takes us a long time. Is it worth every second? Yeah, it's worth every second. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. you just have to decide what you're going to, you know, everybody's got a limited amount of time. It's just like, what are you doing with that time? Absolutely. And I think that's also, you know, Jamie's question was the the new uh, administrators It is about managing that time, but it's also being purposeful with that time. And I guess the word that really, you know, everything that we've talked about through this podcast today, I think it actually goes back to the word intentional 10 times over. Like everything you're talking about is consciously. and, And it was interesting. I was talking to a group at Maryville University and I got talking and there's two or three of us on this panel and they said, you know, it sounds like everything that you do is strategic. And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, everything yeah. that you do has to have some intention and, and whatever that outcome is, you want it to be desired. But uh, I, I do agree the visible and the communication, um, it can go a long way with people when they know what's going on when you, in the, and I think you started this podcast talking about when you leave it to them to come up with the answers, it's not always going to be pretty for you. 
Um, right, absolutely. So I, mm-hmm. I just want to say on behalf of Ryan and uh, Jamie, we absolutely appreciate you joining us today. I know our audience is going to be thrilled uh, to listen to this. Uh, I cannot, uh, for myself, speak highly enough of seeing Joe in action. So if you're anywhere around uh, one of his keynotes, I can't speak highly of that. He's a mm-hmm. must-follow on Twitter at Joe underscore Sandiflippo. And you can uh, you follow him here for the One Minute Walk to Work. Great books. I'm actually, I just started Hacking Leadership. I had to get through the school year, and I'm jumping into that. He has the power of branding and the principal of professional development, right? Yep, all, yep, all three of them. I, like, and I think, you know, I, we're proud of all of them, but, you know, when it comes down to it, in terms of leadership movement, Hacking Leadership has had the most impact on people, which is just absolutely humbling, to say the least. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you so much, sir, for taking time out. Uh, I know your busy schedule and, and hanging with us, so we really appreciate absolutely. it. Go Crickets. My pleasure. Yeah, my pleasure, everybody. Have a great day. Go Crickets. Thanks, Thanks Joe. Joe.